0: The aftermath of Ron DeSantis announcing he's running for president was an absolute disgrace on both sides. And speaking of disgraces, Kevin McCarthy cuts a deal with President Joe Biden on the debt ceiling limit increase. And in case you wanted to know how you could possibly drain that swamp in D.C., well, there's a reality check in front of all y'all. I'm Andrew Coppins. I'm flying solo. And this is Critical Thinking. Good Tuesday for you. normally this would be a truth or fiction Tuesday and uh, we had planned Pat and I uh, to bring you kind of a what happened while Andrew was away? Um, and thanks for those of you who gave us anniversary, well, uh, best wishes, well wishes, all of that wonderful goodness. Thank you to each and every single one of you. We've made it five years uh, so far. We enjoyed some time in the woods, uh, kind of glamping it out. Uh, check out Getaway. Um, it's getaway.home on your interwebs. Um, some really, really cool things that they're doing and, and just fun experience overall. Uh, we had a good time just kind of relaxing reading enjoying each other's company trying to stay away from the phone as much as possible um but obviously a lot happened while i was away including pat not being here um i'll just say this i don't know how much pat wants me to share on this uh topic but i will say um he he um he had to go to the hospital yesterday nothing super super serious um Luckily on that front, no surgery or anything like that. Um, but he is just resting it up right now. And so we'll see when he gets back this week. But if you could send some prayers his way, um, that would be very helpful. He is in good spirits and doing just fine. Um, but that's really kind of the limit of what I want to share without uh, speaking to him further on on what he wants to share uh, with that subject. But um, they also... Um, you know, have a lot of things going on in the Oni household. And once Pat is back, we'll speak on all of those things. Um, So I'm going to be flying solo for at least today, possibly even into WTF Wednesday tomorrow. And obviously a lot happened while I was away. I hope you enjoyed your Memorial Day weekend and got a chance to also memorialize those who died in service to our country. Um, You know, That that's something that has affected my family on multiple occasions in the past, or at least in terms of family and friends, and um, you know, so it's definitely a somber day on Monday. I hope you had a chance to barbecue, get together with friends, do whatever you like to do, travel on this Memorial Day weekend. Um, But it is time to get back into the grind. So while we were going to be doing what I what happened while I was away from a truth or fiction standpoint, we kind of had to scrap that. So I I just wanted to kind of give my thoughts here because while we were out in the woods and and enjoying some peace and quiet, um, we did have some access to the internet and I was able to pull up uh, a bit of Ron DeSantis and the Twitter spaces thing. And actually I tuned in about a half hour into the original scheduled time. Obviously I think the big big piece of news was that there was the the technological snafu and glitch but here's the reality folks that could happen at any point in time to anybody anywhere we could see satellite feed issues you could see connection issues you could see all sorts of things happen and well twitter found out its limitations of twitter spaces and while that was unfortunate still at one point in time over half a million people. And at some point in time, throughout the entirety of what took place, over six million people tuned into his Twitter spaces announcement. That's a massive amount of people. Whether, you know, you you could talk about what happens when maybe Donald Trump were to announce and Fox News covers it or whatever, The, the vast majority of them are not gathering more than maybe two, three million people. He was able to, at some point in time, reach six million people on Twitter spaces to the point where, yeah, guess what? The, the interest was so high that they crashed Elon Musk's account. And, and that's why that technological issue happened. Now, I don't want to get into the, you know, what he said, what why certain questions were or weren't asked or this or that. I thought overall it was interesting Um, I thought the panel of people that they chose was interesting because people actually asked pointed questions. And I didn't really feel like many of them were softballs at all. Many of them were very difficult questions and answers that Ron DeSantis had to be careful about. Because if he spoke incorrectly on those issues, it could really hurt him. That being said, what I want to focus in on right up front here is the absolute disgrace of what I have seen in the aftermath of that announcement from Ron DeSantis on, I believe, Wednesday, okay? In the preceding 24-72, now about a week, is some of the most disgraceful action I have ever seen from both sides, I've lost track of the absolute insanity of some people. But I will say this. This is a great example of this. Okay, Steve Dace on May 26 points out that it has only taken 24 hours for at Ron DeSantis as a presidential candidate to push Donald Trump to the left on virtually every meaningful issue. Response to that is from a reverend. Reverend J.W. Barker, an independent Baptist, so not part of the Southern Baptists or First Baptist or whatever, okay? Notice, noting, quote, great strategy, seeing the only purpose Ron DeSantis serves in this election is to damage the only candidate with a path to the nomination. Never Trump, never died. It just took a break for a few years. That's certainly one way of looking at this. Certainly one way of looking at it. This is from a reverend. This is from a man of the faith. This is a man with a degree in theology or divinity from somewhere at some point in time. This is a man who is supposed to believe that God and Jesus Christ, you know, the Holy Trinity, right? We're here to serve God and to serve our Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Are we here to serve Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis? No. Or any other politician, for that matter. Hail to the no. Yet, this is a reverend going in behind a political candidate over God. And I have long said, look, if you are not God first family second, and in my case, the Green Bay Packers third. No, I'm kidding. That's Vince Lombardi's line. (coughs) I would suggest God, family, country. Okay. If you really believe that either one of these candidates or any politician is here to serve God first and foremost, maybe that is somebody to get behind 100% to to follow down the path. But my question is, is that really the case with Donald Trump? Hell no. Is that the case with Ron DeSantis? Yeah, maybe a little bit more, but I would also suggest hell no. I have, I have yet to see a politician that is worth following because he shows that he or she is following God first. None of them are, and we're going to get into that in a little bit, but some of the attacks and some of the things that I've seen from Team MAGA Forever, MAGA Inc., Laura Loomer and that ilk, the sycophants and the ass kissers and the bootlickers on the Donald Trump side of things is some of the most disgraceful stuff I've ever seen. We have people on the left, by the way, attempting to attack Casey DeSantis for her quote unquote glove etiquette. And team Maga forever picking up on that and taking it on a serious jog. Taking it for a test drive all throughout Twitter this weekend So, for those of you who didn't pay attention to Twitter and didn't have any inkling of what was going on, congratulations to you. Congratulations to you. But I want to bring to your attention here what is probably the ugliest, the most disgusting political hackery that I have ever witnessed in my entire life. And I've volunteered on campaigns. I've been involved in local state level coalition building. I've been involved in building potentially parties. I've been involved in lots of things in the political sphere for a very long time. I'm involved in the uh, Ward Republican side of things here as well as the Libertarian Party here in Chicago. And I have never, ever seen or heard what I witnessed come from the MAGA Forever crowd this weekend. And that was the legitimate... I shouldn't say legitimate. Here's what I'll say. This was legit what they were saying in a wholly illegitimate way. The insinuation from Laura Loomer, from Johnny Maga and others, that Casey DeSantis never actually even had cancer and it's just being used as a a cudgel to swing at the... Donald Trump campaign and that she's really the one running the show because Ron DeSantis is just some sort of cock, right? That's been out. That second half of that has been out there for a while. But to take this idea that Casey DeSantis never had cancer in Legitimizing the fringe of MAGA forever, the ultimate conspiracy theorists, the Laura Loomers, who couldn't even hold a job at Rebel News, which is one of the most, how shall I put this, the most advantageous to conspiracy theory. News organizations I have ever seen outside of InfoWars. She couldn't hack it there. She got fired. You're legitimizing a line of attack suggesting that somebody would use cancer for what? Sympathy? And then just. cudgel, and bludgeon your way? How dare you attack Casey DeSantis and Ron DeSantis? Casey DeSantis is a cancer survivor, and they're just using that as a a buttress against your, your quote-unquote legitimate attack. Are there people out there who are sick in the head and use all sorts of different things um, and all sorts of different claims and diseases and this, that, it, to garner sympathy? absolutely, they are sociopaths, they are sick in the head. And I'm going to show you tomorrow some of those types of people. In fact, there was a study I saw yesterday, and i got, I got to pull it up, that involved um, parents, especially uh, women, so mothers, of young children that claim to be transgendered. Would it surprise you that over a majority, so over 50% of those mothers, have their own psychological disorder that they're dealing with? No. These people are sick in the head. Casey DeSantis is not that. Casey DeSantis had cancer. She is a cancer survivor. There's no there there, but if you have that as your only mode of attack, do you really have anything at all? The only other line of attack seems to be that Ron DeSantis is a traitor to his country, Oh, and then that uh, Ron DeSantis really isn't uh, the good governor of the state of Florida that you all think that he is. Uh, Just going to say this in the defense of Ron DeSantis. How do you go from one-tenth of one percent win over literally a dude who wanted to do blow off of a gay hooker's ass? That's legit what was going down with the guy that he barely beat the first time. How do you go from that to winning by over a million votes, to winning by double digit percentages in the same state with the demographics that exist? How does that happen? I'll wait right here if he's some sort of traitor, if he's so bad for the state of Florida, right? Look, it's fine. You want to have policy discussions. You want to have legitimate issues. You want to talk uh, COVID. You want to talk about maybe some of the things that we have brought up because I've said the one thing that I don't like is the, the tendency towards authoritarianism that exists both in Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis, by the way. But specifically, one of the attacks that I have had on Ron DeSantis has been that his first instinct when it comes to culture war, when it comes to economic warfare, when it comes to all of these things, is to go straight up authoritarian instead of an individualistic approach. We talked about that with the Disney deal, right, with um, what he was going to do with the Reedy Creek Improvement District, right, how that seemed very authoritarian to me. We're going to take your toy away if you don't like what we or if you do something we don't like. And oh, by the way, we haven't figured out if that's what the taxpayers want. And is this actually good for the taxpayer of Orange County, where Orlando and this Reedy Creek Improvement District are? And it's also in another county, too. So it affects two, not one, but two counties. Did they take any of that into account? No. Ron DeSantis has a big authoritarian bent as a libertarian. I look at what he does when it comes to Section Two Thirty. I look at what he has done when it comes to Twitter. When it comes to um, some of the book things, am I against sexualization of children in in, uh, in school settings? Absolutely. And there's nothing unlibertarian about that stance because, again, who should have that control over what their kid is exposed to, the parent, right? Or parents, more importantly. Can you control everything that your kid sees or doesn't see at school? No. But you can limit the exposure to the absolute filth that can be on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, the internet more wholly. Can you limit the exposure to sexualizing your child. Yeah, you can as a parent, and you should have that control. And that includes saying, yeah, I, I, I'm I, good with them not being exposed to, hey, psst, psst, hey check out this book about blowjobs. Yep, I, I'm good with that. I'm okay with some version of that. What I am not okay with is taking away the local control of that and putting it in the hands of the state. That never ends well. Throughout human history, that has never ended well in any way, shape, or form. So, to those who think that this is some sort of pro-DeSantis, vote DeSantis, screw Trump, no, no. I have my druthers with some things that Ron DeSantis has done or supports, just as I have a lot of druthers with a lot of Donald Trump. But I want you to think about legitimate conversation versus just outright personal slander, defamation, attack. We saw that all weekend long to the point in which People that were supposed to be, quote unquote, on the same team, bro, like Seth Dillon and and um, this Gavin character from the Babylon Bee. Gavin decided to very nastily go after Christina Pushaw, who is the head of the Ron DeSantis team online. OK, legitimate back and forth between a Trump supporter and a Ron DeSantis employee. There's nothing wrong with a legitimate back and forth. But then it got into vulgarity and outright nastiness. And Seth Dillon at the Babylon Bee decided, yeah, I'm good with not having you associated with my name and our business. So I want to address this topic as well. Because... I see a lot of, whoa, free speech. You're right. Gavin has every right to say what he wanted to say, however he wanted to say it. He is free to do that. But again, to the free speech absolutist out there, does free speech mean you're free of consequences of your speech? I'll wait right here. That's not legally true. That's not morally true. That's not ethically true. That's not employment true in any way, shape, or form. Free speech doesn't mean free of consequences. Well, that can be positive or negative as we talked about on this program. But free speech absolutism from some people means I can say, do whatever I want to anybody and screw you if you believe I need to suffer a consequence or I don't need to associate with you. See, that's the thing. That's the rub here. You are definitely free to speak like a racist moron or a sexist a-hole or whatever. You are free to do that. Does that mean that I have to prop up your actual speech. Does that mean I have to cheer you on? No. Will I defend your ability to say it? I will say this. Yeah, you can have every right, but your consequence of that is people being exposed to your speech as abhorrent, as bad, as as not appropriate, as shameful, awful, as yeah, I don't think we want to employ that person, or more importantly, um, I don't think I want to be friends with that person, or I'm going to block or mute them, or whatever have you. Free speech doesn't mean free from any consequence at all. So, yeah, guess what? You were free to say what you said, Gavin, to Christina Pushaw. 1,000% in agreement with you. You've got every right to say that, but. Your employer, the Babylon Bee, and more specifically, Seth Dillon, as you represent the company in public, by the way, because you put your company in your Twitter bio, has every right to say, I don't want that as the image of what's going on here. Free speech is not free of consequences, it never has been and it never will be. When you look at the founding fathers of this country, right, and literally the most free speech thing you could ever do in the Declaration of Independence, they all knew that they were facing imprisonment, death, all sorts of consequences for literally saying F you to the king of England. The vast majority of them, by the way, died penniless broke homes destroyed families imprisoned um themselves imprisoned or killed i think it's something like nine of the signers of the declaration of independence went on to be killed during or wounded during the battle uh during battles during the revolutionary war something like 23 separate families had people imprisoned and brutalized during the Revolutionary War period. So, again, they spoke freely, but they readily knew that consequences could come from that speech. So the, woe is me, how dare you fire me for saying something and defending myself? You might have thought that you were (coughs) just defending yourself against personal and uh, dehumanizing attacks. Okay, that's fine, but uh, you also don't have a right to employment. You don't. How is that a libertarian thought process here is you have free speech. There's also consequences for speech. Those two things are not mutually exclusive to libertarian thoughts. It's not just free speech and no consequences. So... You as an individual have the free speech rights, but but the company has no free association rights, right? Has no freedom of speech of its own. Now, that stuff was some of the most shameful and disgraceful stuff I have seen in a political sphere in my entire life. And it continues. And it's probably only going to get worse because... What we are watching, as this campaign has begun to unfold, as Ron DeSantis got in front of cameras this weekend on you know your typical Sunday show circuit, and as you know stump speeches and this and that are beginning to happen, we're watching exactly what Steve Dace told us on May 26 was happening happen. Ron DeSantis is engaging in substantive policy. And professionally driven arguments, arguments about not just electability but um, accountability, um, arguments about many social issues, many you know illegal immigration and and the D.C. swamp and all this other stuff, right? So DeSantis is running in that circle, right? And he is making the case on that level. Donald Trump is out there creating really stupid memes um making just absolute asinine statements on truth social. He was out there this weekend now saying that Ron DeSantis wasn't tough enough on Disney. After spending the last two months saying that he was too harsh on Disney. And many other weird things. So he's taking the leftist position on almost every substantive topic, because how do you defend against somebody who has the record that Ron DeSantis actually has when it comes to governance in Florida, when it comes to social issues, when it comes to taxes, when it comes to all sorts of different things? Are are you saying that you're going to do more? Because you also have a record here, right? And this is the hard part of the Donald Trump campaign, is that Donald Trump has a record. Donald Trump has to run on that record, or more importantly, Ron DeSantis has to make him run on that record, and he's doing one hell of a job of doing so. Not by calling that record out all the time, but by highlighting what he has done and contrasting it with other individuals, mainly Donald Trump and Joe Biden. And as a consequence to that, the only thing that has been left has been the personal attacks. And Spike Cohen on Twitter had a really, really great idea when it, came, when it came to this, a really great thought, and I wanted to share it with you. And it was that Trump is attacking DeSantis for wanting to roll back the unsustainable Social Security and Medicare. But what else could he attack him on? Locking down Florida? Trump was the the 15-days-this-low-the-spread guy who attacked governors for ending lockdowns. How about spending more than any Florida governor before? Trump spent more in one term than any president before. Enforcing red flag laws. Trump is the biggest cheerleader for red flag laws. Meanwhile, DeSantis can attack Trump for being the swamp's lapdog for four years and getting absolutely rolled by the Pentagon, the FBI, Fauci, all of them. All Trump has is attacking DeSantis for wanting to cut Social Security and then calling him names. Problem is that that has been enough for him in the past. And Spike is dead on on all of these things. And that's exactly what we've been able to witness over the course of the last seven days is that Ron DeSantis can make the case without ever having to go to the personal name calling and degrading nature that uh, Donald Trump and his um, camp, the Laura Loomers and Johnny Magas, go to. For crying out loud, we we literally had Laura Loomer attempt to attack Ron DeSantis for daring to not use, check this out, folks, not use a Florida bank account to to run his campaign launch. Not realizing that the bank that was used is the exact same bank, folks, that Laura Loomer used in her congressional runs, runs, that's right, twice. I'll say that again. It is the exact same bank that she used, as if somebody wouldn't have figured that out. Or more importantly, if Laura Loomer didn't know that that was the bank that she was using, She is an unqualified idiot. I would suggest that that's probably the case either way. But let's give her the benefit of the doubt. She wasn't in control of the money of her campaign and she left it to somebody else as she was running for Congress. Likely to be the case if you were running a competent campaign. But maybe, just maybe, don't make the mistake of, hey, um, not finding out where where you banked? Maybe before you throw that out there, you might want to check it because it turns out that the bank that is being used by Ron DeSantis was not only the same bank being used by Laura Loomer, but the bank that handles 90% of all, all campaigns in the country. Why? Because they specialize in the election laws and reporting and recording and all of the things that go into maintaining a bank account specifically for election purposes. It is a very complicated web that would be weaved. So wouldn't it behoove everybody to use that specialized bank and one that can actually make sure that things are done correctly by the book? More than most likely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if there's more than one of those banks out there, that I would suggest competition. If you're looking to run a bank, maybe find, find some of those people, hire them and do it differently. Do it better. But until then, maybe that's the only game in town, Laura Loomer. And what does it matter if he uses a bank account from Florida or Virginia Pretty sure everything's online today. But that's where we're going, folks. It has nothing to do with, hey, Ron DeSantis did something that uh, I didn't like about lockdown. Well, Where did he get the uh, ideas? And good leaders, all it does is remind people of what good leaders do. Good leaders, they might listen to information, right? And then, hang on a second, that stuff isn't working, and I don't like it. So I'm going to change. I'm going to make a a change. I'm going to do something different. And that's exactly what Ron DeSantis did. He followed 15 days to slow spread, even, I believe, 30 days to uh, flatten the curve, right? You follow those two things, and then wait a second. The information that's coming out here suggests that there's something not right about it. Was he absolutely the first to, to change that course or do something different? No. You could look at Brian Kemp, the governor of Florida. You could look at Kristi Noem in uh, south dakota there were very few states um iowa was another one i think they did the 15 days to flatten the curve and then kind of just went by the the wayside after that um, when it comes to restrictions and things like that but he's in the top four okay of governors who decided to say yeah no and he, more importantly he was the first one to say F you" to 15 days to flatten or 30 days to slow the spread going any further and he changed he hired Joseph Latipo right, as his um, Florida Surgeon General, and they made tons of changes, and they spoke truth to power over and over and over again, truth to the power that you allowed Anthony Fauci, Deborah Burks, and everybody else to have, while having the other side available to you, and Scott Atlas too, by the way, and said you summarily fired his ass because you didn't want to listen to him. I, you can't have a substantive argument against Ron DeSantis from the right. That's the problem that Donald Trump is going to run into. So what does he have? And to those who are awake as to what is going on with Social Security and Medicare, for most of my life, I have lived under the assumption I will never ever see that money. And if I do, I'm lucky. I've lived under that assumption my entire adult life. And I'm aware I'm, I'm aware that I'm rare in that respect, but folks, what in the absolute hell is going on here? Now, on the flip side of this, when you would think that Ron DeSantis can run um, when it comes to the issues over Donald Trump, this is also how far out we are from people really paying attention Because I'm going to bring to you interactive polls. Interactive polling um, did a Iowa poll, or yeah, of South Carolina, New Hampshire, Florida, and Iowa. Okay, this is based off of AB Research from 511 to 525. So right before Ron DeSantis came into the fold, on best to improve the economy, Trump is up plus 49 in South Carolina, plus 41 in New Hampshire, plus 28 in Florida, plus 42. You can see all of that in the chart that I am presenting to you. If you go to our Rumble page, rumble.com backslash critical thinking again, that is rumble.com backslash critical thinking. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single episode there. Uh, You can always, of course, uh, make sure that you're subscribed, downloading, rating, and reviewing the podcast version if you are listening. And of course, you can always help interact with the show on Twitter. I'm at The Coppin Show. Criticalthinking.locals.com is where you can go to support the show for as little as, I believe, $3 a month. You can help us improve our technology and uh, get more for this show, um, give you more, more importantly. Um, But folks, every one of these polls has Donald Trump up by double digits. Including in Florida, by the way, where Trump has forty-six percent saying that they're that he is best to improve the economy, where DeSantis is eighteen percent. Again, this is from five eleven to five twenty-five, right? So I ask a very simple question to you: Is this really a result of people thinking about Donald Trump in the economy, or is it a result of they don't know? Ron DeSantis, and they haven't been paying attention to Ron DeSantis for a while. I would suggest it's the latter, because what Ron DeSantis gets to do now and going forward is use his bully pulpit of running and use the bully pulpit of being a governor of the most popular state to move to in this entire country. And we have talked about this and I think Ron DeSantis can be the candidate that could potentially do this if he was smart. America is an economic experiment. 50 different states with 50 different ideas potentially. And the ideas that we have enacted in Florida have given us the most popular place to move to. And people are moving in droves from blue states to Florida. Why? Why? Because we are economically attractive to them. We have great weather. We've got all of those other factors. We are economically attractive. If we were not, people wouldn't be speaking with their feet. That goes for South Carolina. That goes for Iowa. That goes for Idaho. That goes for Utah. That goes for this state and that state, right? Texas, Tennessee. You could just give that message over and over and over again. Can Donald Trump deliver that message? No, because he's never run a state, most importantly. But secondly, the second that he attempts to talk about it, you tank the economy for COVID. You tank your own, you know, buzzing along economy. Now, you can also make the case that pre-COVID, you did some really good things, potentially. I would say that giving the... Taxpayer more of their hard earned money back, right? And less that they're going to take away from you in taxes, probably a good thing. But then again, on the fiscal side, you did spend more money than any other president in their first term in the history of this country. And oh, by the way, you've increased the uh, national debt by, or the budget deficit by over $8 trillion in most years. So there's that issue that exists. But when it comes to growing an economy, when it comes to telling that positive economic story, again, it is there for the taking. But I don't know if people are paying attention to Ron DeSantis from the economy standpoint more so right now as the culture warrior. And maybe that can play to the, the, the meat, the whatever, the, the fire up the base. But at the end of the day, you have got to show. What your record shows is different than what Donald Trump wanted to bring, and you need to highlight those differences because there are very big differences, and it's really difficult for Donald Trump to make a further right case, and if Donald Trump wants to make that case, how does that speak to his actual record? How did he govern? How did he work? See, that's the problem with pure populism, which is what Donald Trump is all about is that it's whichever way the wind blows until I have a record to stand on, and that record shows that I'm not who I say I am on most things. Now, maybe I'll save the the next part of this for WTF Wednesday, but I I would be remiss not to talk briefly And say this about the fact that we got news this weekend that Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, and Joseph Marionette Biden, the President of the United States, came to a debt ceiling limit increase agreement. I'm shocked that you're about to be screwed. No, I'm not. I'm not shocked in any way, shape or form, folks. This is the most predictable thing of all time. And one of the things that we had actually talked about back in, I believe, January when the Speaker of the House situation was going on was that Kevin McCarthy couldn't be trusted and that if you could get around somebody like Byron Donalds or a Chip Roy or whomever, right, if you could coalesce around that candidate, that'd be great. But the thing that was being extracted from Kevin McCarthy was literally everything that the Freedom Caucus Coalition wanted namely single single bills um you know single issue bills um the ability for one single person to um no confidence vote if you will the speaker of the house right all of those things that were extracted at that point were all about what distrust of washington dc And the swamp. And within five months of Kevin McCarthy promising, you know, all the goods, right? He did what every swamp creature does. Bow down to the swamp with this debt ceiling limit increase. And we've been talking for a while now, so I don't necessarily want to go deep into the woods. Maybe we'll cover this tomorrow on the program, whether Pat is back or not, before we get into WTF Wednesday. But I can't think of anything more WTF than the debt ceiling limit deal that was, on, that was uh, constructed this past weekend. And all I'm going to say to leave you with a thought for tomorrow's show is this. When Nancy Mace and Chip Roy are in lockstep on an issue you should probably listen to them. More importantly, if Kevin McCarthy is willing to, at the first turn of the screw, stab the GOP base right in the back, let's see you use those levers of power that you have at your disposal. Let's see if you have the ability to actually enact some change in Washington, D.C., because if not, I don't care if you are Chip Roy or Nancy Mace or the most pure libertarian or pure liberty-minded individual out there. You can't lead. You can't affect change. So how do I do that? How do we do that? So I'm going to save that for tomorrow. Um, I'm going to talk about what's in the debt ceiling uh, deal and some ideas on how you can drain that swamp. And with that, folks, please be smart, be safe, be kind, make sure you eat all of your meals today, send some prayers over Pat's way, and as always, Matthew 547.